Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. If you're ready to take on your next paying clients, I have good news. My free four basics of client attraction and how to stand out class is live at HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction. In the class, you're going to learn the top two traits I recommend for most coaches and entrepreneurs if they really want to turn this into a career. You're going to learn how you can build demand for your services and stop getting crickets on your posts. You're going to learn the sales roadmap I used to improve my sales conversion rate and help my clients do the same. And you're going to learn so much more. So go to HaleyRow.com slash client hyphen attraction and get your copy of the class today. I am live today with Michelle and she is going to share all about her, who she is in just a second. But today we're going to talk a little bit about the journey of building your health coaching business and some do's and don'ts we've both learned along the way. Um, so Michelle, why don't you introduce who you are and what you do and we'll go from there. Sure thing. Hi, everybody. My name is Michelle Leota. I became a health coach back in the dark ages. It was 2008. And I've been working with clients around the world ever since. Now along the way, of course, my fellow health coaches had questions. So here I am acting as a mentor for all of you. And uh, I can't wait to see where this conversation goes today, Haley. Awesome. Yes. So I want to kick off with something that I hear a lot from health coaches who are beginners. And that is, I am not tech savvy. And a lot of times I think, you know what, I need a website right away. I need an email system. I don't know what that's even about. And so can you tell us a little bit about some tech tips, do's and don'ts, et cetera, to help those people who feel not so tech savvy know where to start? This is one of my favorite topics because I see so many health coaches just get stalled before they even get anywhere because it's like, I can't do tech. And we assume for some reason, I don't totally understand that there's a lot of technology involved with being a health coach. The only technology you guys need to know is like how to use your Vitamix and your food processor, you know, and the reason that I can feel I can be very confident in telling you that you don't need as much tech as you think is because again, I started my business a long time ago and this stuff didn't exist. Now, even if you were not a health coach back in 2008, starting off with me, I bet you were doing something back then. And even maybe, maybe like me, you can remember the world before the internet, like anyone, 1980s, you know, just think back. A lot of businesses happening back then. A lot of money exchanging hands. People were still going to see various practitioners. You don't need the fancy stuff to work with clients and make an impact on the world. You just don't. We all did it. We all did it before there was dancing and pointing at things on Instagram. You know, we all did it before all this stuff existed. So please do not go out there, get confused, spend a bunch of money on all these different tools and softwares that I promise you do not need. In order to be a health coach, here's what you need, okay? Please take notes. You are going to need a pen. You got one of those? You're gonna need a notepad, something like this. I actually like one that has, um, here, I'll show it to you. All my clients. Little, little stick it notes, you know, with their names on the side. 
I love taking notes by hand. I still take notes by hand. And then you're going to need a phone. So if you've got all that, you are good to go. And I heard you mention about um, a website. So I would suggest strongly that you do not build a website as your first step. I guarantee you on my life, you're going to hate that website a year later and go, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, why did I use that picture, that URL, that title, that whatever? You know, this is not what I want to do at all. Because it's just like anything. When you start out, you're not sure, right? So give yourself some grace. Don't spend all the money, hire someone, put tons of time and effort into a website when you're just getting going. It just doesn't make sense yet. But I do think, you mentioned an email list, I do think having a basic email list would be the one place to begin. You do not need the big fancy stuff. You don't need to pay for Infusionsoft or Confusionsoft as they call it. You can just get started with like a free MailChimp account, a free ConvertKit account, something like that, and just use the basic functions. If that's all you do, you will be ahead of the 90% of the other new health coaches who froze up they look like a deer in the headlights and did nothing. I truly yes. think that's all you need. So well said, and I could not agree more. And I think um, one of my clients, my, well, most of my clients, they love MailerLite, Mailer L-I-T-E, yeah. or ConvertKit, as you said. Um, <clears throat> and I think you brought up a really good point about the website. I've had a website designer as a guest in my program, and even she, who has a vested interest in selling websites so like, don't do it you don't need it right now you need to get clear on your message you need to know your offer you need to know uh, you know all this stuff and i can i definitely fell for that too when i first started my business and then of course had to redesign it after um so 100 agree now what about how did you i'm curious when you were in 2008 and you weren't using a lot of tech um <clears throat> were your first clients word of mouth or what was your first where did your first clients come from Oh, this is a good story. So um, I had one of the first blogs that like existed in the world. You know, <laughs> there are very few. I actually started it several years before I became a health coach because I had become so annoying talking about my love of all things health and organic and flaxseed this and whatever that my my then husband, now ex-husband said to me, basically, he said, why don't you tell someone who cares? So I started a blog. Bless him because my blog readers became my first clients. But it was not a fancy blog. I took a picture maybe with my phone and back then those pictures were not very good. I didn't know how to edit it or do anything fancy to those photos. So maybe there was a crappy picture. You know, the blog post was maybe a paragraph long. There was no strategy behind it, I promise you. But I put myself out there using a platform that was available to me in an imperfect way. So that was my first clients really did come from that blog readership. And I'm telling you that not because you have to start a blog. Blogs these days are totally different anyway, but because I already had an audience and you might already have an audience because you teach a class once a week at the local YMCA or because you're coming from a corporate environment and you know a million people from the office. So start with the groups that you already have access to. Those are going to be your first clients. Yeah, I love that. Congrats to you for starting a blog. And uh, that's so funny that your ex-husband happened to say that. <laughs> oh, he gave me a lot of motivation through the years. Wow. Interesting. All right. So now you have a family though, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit because um, not only we're kind of going through every health coach's 
excuse list for why they can't have a business. And one of them also is, I am way too busy with my family. I don't want this business to take over my life. Um, and so how have you been able to juggle having a family and a very busy lifestyle with having a business? Any tips there? <laughs> how much time do we got? You know, it's been a long road. My son, my oldest son is 12 and I started my business before he was born. So I have gone through every, you know, iteration of like doing this from I'm pregnant to I just had my first baby. Oh my God, what's going on to now I've got one who maybe I could put in preschool. I got another one on the way to, well, now I'm divorced and I'm single and I got these two kids, but luckily now they're old enough that they can wipe their own butts. So, you know, all the different phases. And now I'm just looking at what's ahead. You know, they're only getting more and more independent. So what I will say is my business has always remained a priority. It's never been, oh, the kids need this. Oh, the family needs this. Oh, my husband, when I had a husband needs that. And I come last. My business is always right up there. Not more important than my kids, but it's almost like another child. I often say, birthing your business is a lot like birthing a baby, especially that transition moment when you think I cannot do this one more second and then, and then it happens. So I, I would say you need to keep it a priority because it will get pushed under the rug. You will say, I'll do it later. And the number one thing that you have to do is have dedicated child-free time when you can work on your business. It can be an hour a day. It could be an hour a week. You could pay like I eventually did to you know, put my little one into some sort of child care. Um, that was hard. I didn't want to do it at first. But by the time he was 18 months old, I said, OK, one day a week, one day a week. And, you know, and I found the preschool that would do the cloth diapering and everything. So it's out there. You'll find it. I've seen coaches do a swap like with a friend. I'll take your kids on Monday. You take mine on Tuesdays. So when you have little ones, you can get creative. But my goodness, I thought having a baby, no big deal. I'll be home. The kids will be home with me and I'll just work as needed. Not the case. As soon as they get old enough, start banging on your keyboard, can't get anything done. And you realize I'm going to need some child care. Otherwise, moms, what we end up doing is working um, five minutes uh, while I'm in the car, while I'm waiting for so-and-so to, you know, get over here from soccer practice. I'm going to do something on my phone really quick. We try to work in the cracks of our day. That will drive you crazy. It will drive your family crazy. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Well, I think those are some really good tips to get started with. And one of the other things that you just mentioned is the word prioritizing. And I think um, making your business a priority in connection to your family, like probably why you were doing that is so that you can, you know, support your family and be there for them when it's important to you because you've created a business that's flexible with your schedule and whatnot. Um, so that could be a big why too. And one of the things I want to ask you about prioritizing is, do you have any um, tips or criteria you use when deciding what is most important for me to focus on right now in my business? And what should I be prioritizing? Income generating activity. Those are the three words everyone needs to get tattooed right across your foreheads every time you look in the mirror is what I'm spending money time on going to help me earn money. The more direct that path, the better, the better use of your time. Even just this morning, I have like probably 14 different things that I would like to accomplish today. And this morning I had to reprioritize in my head because I'm like, that is going to lead me to the clients who need help the fastest. This other project, 
that's a longer game that can wait. And there's this, I find that constant reprioritization, sometimes I call it ruthless prioritization is what helps you become successful because you can spend all day because you built that website, even though I told you not to, even though Haley told you not to, and now you're fussing around on your website and trying to get that picture just right. Uh, and then, oh, how do I make the headline a little bigger? And you spend all day on that. And I promise you that leads to zero clients. So do the things that are going to bring you income and you will have a much more successful business. Amen. I call them client generating activities, but it's pretty much the same thing. And I've seen so many people sometimes like, I almost think we pick activities we know won't make us income because it's like, oh, well, this seems kind of fun to make this cool Instagram graphic or like this seems super cool to make my website because they don't know what the income generating activities are. So they're kind of like almost like procrastinating with this busy work. And I'm like, no, <laughs> what's going on here? So um, what would be some examples for you, you know, in the beginning of your business with income generating activities for you versus nowadays, what are some income generating activities? Because I think it'd be cool for people to hear how maybe it's changed as you've grown um, and just help people at different levels. Gosh, I wonder how different it really is. Because to this day, if I'm fussing with my website, that's not a great thing. If I'm spending all day making an Instagram reel, that really isn't doing it either. I'm going to say it is approximately the same. And it's about having conversations with real people, like in, in person, the even the better, right? So um, in the early days of my health coaching business, again, not a lot of technology going on, not a lot of social media. I would book workshops constantly. I would hold cooking classes in my home. I was always getting out in front of new groups of people and having conversations. And to this day, that's one of the best ways for you to find clients. Go to a venue, you know, yoga studio, a gym, whatever, get in front of people and talk with them. People are starved for connection. So it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And these days it's not too much different, right? Like if I can get on a Zoom call with someone who needs my help, who lives in wherever, all, I got clients on six continents, right? So wherever they are, we try to make the time zones work. That's a conversation that's going to lead to someone getting the help they need, something I can provide. That's an income generating activity. It's all, like you said, it's all the busy work, making sure that our whatever looks pretty. It, we get sucked into that and it is a procrastination point and it is because we are too afraid. Just admit it, everybody. We are too afraid, especially in the beginning, to offer our services, to talk about money, to actually even do the work because what if we're not that good at it? And so there's this self-sabotage that happens and then we don't do anything. So my, my best advice is, go do it really bad. Like just go do it terribly. My first clients, I'm sure if we had them right here with us today, they would be like, yeah, Michelle wasn't really like, oh, she didn't really always know what to say. Sometimes she stumbled a bit. You know, <laughs> one time we had a really weird session that, you know, I don't, I don't know what they would say. I'm just saying I was not a very good coach in the beginning because you need experience. That's the, it's the only way to get there. So you just have to go out and do it poorly again and again and again and again. It's like anything else, like riding a bike. Yes. Amen. I, you have to have that willingness to be bad at the beginning and get your reps in. You don't get to skip that part, no matter how many mentors, courses, certification things you've taken, you still, it's going to be sloppy the first time you do it in action because you have to actually practice the skill instead of just reading about the skill or, 
getting mentorship on the skill. You have to go out in the world. So I love how you shared. You did workshops. You were out there talking with people, having conversations. And it was scary, but that's how you got better. And so what was um, something that in those conversations um, you were able to learn or like a tip you would have for somebody who's having these conversations and they're like, I don't really know, like, what am I trying to do here? Like, am I doing this right? Any, any suggestions there? Well, depending on the kind of conversation, there are certain formulas, I'm going to say, for lack of a better word, you know, like I give all my HPU members get a, a workshop outline, you know, sort of the best structure if you're going to do a one hour workshop, right? So these things exist. But I would say, without that or without the perfect sales call recipe, you know, which is something else that I like to teach. But even if you have none of that, just be a human being, like, show up with a piece of kale in your teeth and laugh about it. What, you know, maybe, maybe not exactly that. It might be a little embarrassing, but it, it'll happen anyway. Even if you didn't do it on purpose, the more that you can tell stories and be relatable and be imperfect and just people say like, gosh, Michelle, I feel like I, I know you. I feel like I can really relate to you. You know, you can, if you just show up as little miss perfect health coach, you know who you are. You're cute. You got cute. Like, yoga pants on, your hair is really adorable up in that puffy ponytail. You got a blowout yesterday, so it's not all frizzy like mine is right now. And you know, you're just like drinking your green juice. People can really be turned off by that because they're like, that's not my life. They like knowing that I was just yelling at my kid a second ago <laughs> or, that, yeah. or that I forgot to go grocery shopping. So I got to order pizza tonight. You know, the more relatable you can be just human, you can be in any conversation I think is going to take you very far. Totally. Yeah. And I think being able to uh, be approachable, being able to share parts of you, like what are your values? People will resonate with that. And I think you tend to attract people who are kind of similar to you. It's very interesting. Like, have you found that sometimes your clients have similarities? Like they'll, you know, I know for me, I get a lot of people from the Midwest who have family values or like people who uh, maybe are a little type A like myself. <laughs> so have you found that too? Yes, definitely. Yeah. There was a point in my health coaching career that I was because I really resisted choosing a target market like I just was never going to do it. Mm -mm. Count me out. And uh, at one point, again, this is my ex-husband. He pointed out again, not so sure if it was a compliment or not, but he pointed out, Did you, you know, it sounds like all your clients are a lot like you because I was talking about how they would send me like a color coded Excel spreadsheet, like as a food diary. And he kind of recognized that same like type A behavior and called it out. And I was like, you know, I never, I never realized that before, but it's true. You know, and you are, you're going to resonate with people who they're like, you get me, you know, I'm like that too. I like the color. I saw you nod your head, Haley. You got color coded Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I know you do. I love them, right? Like you like to be organized. You like lists. Great. Like now you can, I don't want to say capitalize on that, but like build on that. You can create mm -hmm. resources that use this type of, you know, formatting or whatever to resonate with the type of client that is going to really love working with you. Like I go crazy when I have to work with someone who's like kind of scattershot and can't remember that thing that we did yesterday or keep track of a list. I'm just like not having it. So you're right. You will attract people that are like you. 
Totally. Now, you also talk a little bit about how do you create offers that could scale or that are maybe passive. Um, I know, I don't know about you, but when we say the word passive income, it is not passive to set up. And I don't think it's ever fully passive because you still probably have to be sending traffic to it. You still have to probably improve it as you get feedback, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to ask you about that. Um, mm -hmm. How do you define passive income and, and what could that maybe look like for a health coach? Right. You're right. There's lots of different, quote, passive income, which to me means even if I don't show up at a certain day and time, I'm still getting paid. Like if, you know, if Haley is my client right now and we are on a call together, I got to be here right now in order to earn that amount, right? If I'm getting paid hourly, which you should never get paid hourly, but that is a different topic for a different day. So when it's something that can be purchased while I'm asleep or somehow I'm making money in the universe and I'm not having to think about it at the same time, that's passive income. My favorite story about passive income was um, going back to how to you know, do all of this while having kids, raising a family. When my first son was born, and mind you, it was like I was a hot mess. We had just moved from Boston to DC. I knew nobody, first child. It was just like the worst situation personally. So I was not able to take clients. I had no support system. I had, you know, no childcare at the time. And I leaned heavily on affiliate income streams during that time period. Um, so affiliate is when you are referring people to a product or to a service that you yourself do not sell or provide, and you earn a commission, you earn a percentage of each sale, the price remains the same to the, per the person who's purchasing. And I almost entirely replaced the money that I had been earning pre having my baby <laughs> in those first six, nine months of his life with affiliate marketing, because when he was asleep, I could type up a blog post that was touting the benefits of the skincare product that I really loved, or perhaps I could, I could take a phone call while I was pushing the stroller and tell somebody about this service that I thought would be just perfect for them and answer all their questions. And then they would sign up and then I'd get a check in the mail. So it's not something that's going to work for you right out of the gate because you do have to have an audience. A mailing list. Did I mention a mailing list earlier? This is why you still need people to sell to, but you can sell other people's stuff and then you don't have to fulfill on any of it and you can yeah. do it on your own time. It is gorgeous, gorgeous way to fill in the cracks. I, I mean, I still, I still use affiliate marketing to this day. Yeah, it can be an additional revenue stream and something that you believe in. You know, if you have a product you love or a you know, program you love or whatever. So I think that's awesome. Now, how can people um, stay connected with you? I'm assuming you have some kind of free gift or something for our audience. Um, where can they connect? Yeah, sure. So I would love for you guys to join me over in my free Facebook group. I've been running this group for so many years. It is so much fun. It's the healthcoachpowercommunity.com. Sorry, there's no the in the beginning. It is healthcoachpowercommunity.com. And once you get in there, we have all sorts of goodies for you. But I'll give you a freebie right here. I have a training on how to earn an income as a health coach, which includes things like affiliate marketing. And you can grab that for free at healthcoachpower.com slash training. Fabulous. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I love your authenticity. I love that you have... Um, just been through it all and been able to share your lessons you've learned along the way. And thank you again.
Thanks for having me, Haley. Nice to be here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.